0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty, large black bags. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kamak with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about the black celebrity class and how remarkably they are radio silent. Some of them are radio silent during the protests that have started nation since last Monday. As most of us are aware by now the entire country has been on fire. Just last night there were fires in Washington DC from every direction. Here in the city of Detroit there have been protests since Friday evening and just yesterday the city itself, the city administrative officials uh, uh, imposed a curfew that should take place at 8 p.m. Unfortunately that didn't happen. Uh, protesters refused to move, and when they refused to move downtown at the police headquarters, they naturally rising in because people didn't move. The police issued verbal warnings over and over again, and when they didn't move, guess what happened? You know what happened, right? It is inevitable that these things are going to come because the nation is caught up in a grip of violence because of a violent activity by one man. One man decided to put his neck on the, put his knee on the neck of another man, of a black man. And all of a sudden this is just boiled over. Now we need to put this into context because everybody is freaking out and carrying on like, uh, this is not something, let, let me just put it into context. You're looking at residual generational trauma of black people who are saying enough is enough. Right now, there are 40 million Americans without a job. 40 million people are without a job. You did not think this was going to be a powder keg of an issue? That really 40 million people could find themselves without a job and expect that this was not going to spill over. On top of that, people are dealing with racism at every turn. You're profiled if you are shopping. You're profiled if you walk into a store. Don't, doesn't matter how much money you have, they're still going to profile you. You're profiled while you're you have to be careful that you don't get pulled over. No matter which neighborhood you live in, you could be as rich as 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 Bill Gates. You're still going to get pulled over just because of the color of your skin, your profile, while you're living, your profile while you're applying for a profile while you're applying for educational grants, your profile at every turn. This has to stop. And right now, if the leaders don't see, that the people are saying enough is enough, then something is very wrong. Here it is. Now they're planning another rally in downtown Detroit. The people's will cannot be broke. The people are saying enough is enough. If you're going to kill me, then you're going to kill me for protesting. But the people are saying enough is enough. And I think it's time. At some point, the police are going to break and either they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to shoot at the protesters or they're going to put their arms down and walk with the protesters. Something has got to give because this has got to stop. Now, I just read a report on NBC News that says that the Minneapolis Police Department have used neck restraint 41 times since 2015. They have rendered people unconscious using neck restraint 41 times since 2015. This is a hallmark of policing by the Minneapolis Police Department. This is something they do. I also found out that, according to this report by NBC, that neck restraint is not something that is in any police agency manual. So the police doesn't do this, but the Minneapolis police has done this. Hence the death of George Floyd. This is about black lives mattering. Black lives do matter. And to the trolls on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook who are trolling people, sit yourselves down. I am telling you right now, sit yourselves down. Either you're going to become a part of the change or you're going to sit on the outside and not do anything about the change. But this change has got to come. It's 400 years old you. We're sick and tired of being profiled just by living. We're sick and tired of being profiled. can't even wear our hair in its natural state, can't dress the way we want to, but everybody else can. I learned late last night that uh, uh, white kids in, in, in a suburb are planning to march down Big Beaver today. I want to see how that turns out. I want to see if the police are going to fire tear gas and fire shots into a crowd of white kids protesting. People are sick and tired. White people sometimes feel uncomfortable, too, when they see that black kids applying for educational grants are not given the same level of equanimity as white kids are. And you thought this was going to continue. Stop. And then we have a leader who is saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So he's just thrown flames onto the fires. Like, seriously, that is grossly irresponsible. You're supposed to bring the country together and assuage us and, and uh, you know assure us that justice will be done. Let's all just tear our country apart. But when you're telling people that when the looting starts, the shooting starts, a throwback to a civil rights era, you're telling us that our lives don't matter from your perspective? Seriously? Okay. Okay. All right. So here we are, right? And so I want to say today that... I want to speak especially to the Black Celebrity class. I want you all to sit back and listen. Uh, I asked my children for a list of Black celebrities who are supporting the March and who are supporting the change. And these are artists whose music they were already streaming. So we're going to continue to stream them. But if your name doesn't appear on a list that you are showing up for March or you're donating to, paying for the bail and release and the legal services for people who are being arrested, I'm done with you. I'm not supporting you. I'm going to unfollow you and I'm going to tell everyone I know to unfollow you and to not support you. And I'm also speaking to people who call themselves celebrities, like black preachers who have mega churches who are throwing, you're not doing anything about this. I don't see any of you joining a march. I don't see any of you telling people that they're speaking up and saying this has got to stop. I don't want your pity party anymore. I don't want you patty-caking anything. Because it seems to me that black celebrity class think that they're rich first. So they think they're above the fray. And that these do not happen to them. And I want to ask you, how many times do you get pulled over in your neighborhood, but you don't talk about it? How many times are you profiled when you're going to a Gucci store? How many times do you, do you get profiled when you're going to, uh, to, to buy some? And they look at you first, doubting whether you have the ability to pay for it. I know it happens to you, but you will not come forward and stick Because when you're amongst black people, you pretend like you're better because you have more money. Let me help you out a little bit. Racism is about color. Racism is not about class. Racism is about color. problem is black and white, period. It doesn't matter what zip code you live in. I lived in Orlando in the codes, and I still got pulled over. It was my house around the corner, and I still got pulled over. I was was profiled. So I want to know at what point... Does black people realize? I saw somebody on, on Facebook uh, who uh, presented solutions to looting. And I don't know if he recognizes the context in which people are looting. People, most of the people who are looting, by the way, are white instigators. We just saw on news where uh, in Nashville, they arrested the person who burnt the courthouse down. It was a white kid in Nashville. Right? So I don't know if this man On Facebook who is considered Perhaps he's considered a a cult Leader in his uh, Community. I don't know. He's a black man from Detroit. All I know is he presented Some solutions to what He thinks are the problems that looters face Listen to this foolishness. This is what Got me started. He said Well, black people need to raise This is a black man. Black people need to raise their Credit scores so they can start Business And I looked at him like When they were kneeling on George Floyd's neck, I'm pretty sure he announced his credit score to Derek Chauvin, and Derek Chauvin still killed him. Can you believe that? Then he also said, you need to go and go get a degree. And I said to myself, black people, a lot of black children across the country live in school districts. Because of poverty and endemic poverty, they live in school districts where they can't move out, in school districts where budget cuts happen randomly across the board. The opportunity, they're not exposed to college application processes, and they are denied admission because they just don't know. This is the foolishness that the black middle class and the black upper middle class is propagating on why these things are happening. You're blaming looters when the blame resides at the oppressors. You are just, you, are, you, you practically have Stockholm syndrome because you are siding with the oppressed class, with the oppressors. You've got to understand that this problem is bigger than somebody looting. Somebody looting is expressing rage and frustration. People throwing stuff, projectiles, they're angry that there is nothing that they can do about the situation they're in. All that this is coming down to. While I am a nonviolent person, I don't condone violence. If you don't see me at any marches, it's because I'm afraid of COVID. Because I don't know if they're spraying the air with COVID, but it just seemed to me that due to inequities in healthcare over time and generational inequities in healthcare that some of you Black folks need to address instead of sitting there pontificating and postulating how people should this and Black people shouldn't do that, your skin is as black as mine is. And yet you have the nerve to sit there. Get up off yourself and go and make sure that you are supporting these folks who are marching. If you are not going to go out there and march, set up a defense fund and donate. And speak up. Use your platform and speak up. You have the money so you can afford to pay for lawyers. All these people who are out there, they have everything to lose. But at the same time, they're saying, I have nothing to lose because this fight must go on. And you are sitting there pontificating. How do you think they're going to let you pontificate? If the whole system does not change, you're just as in jeopardy as the rest of us. You're as much in jeopardy as I am if the system doesn't change. Because at any given time, at any given time, they can call and create an executive order that says if you are black and you're seen on the street, you're going to be locked up because you're a protester or you're an inspector of rights. You know they can and they will. So why are you pretending? I have seen a time where upper middle class blacks and, and middle class blacks have a different view on the issues that matter. Might I remind you that Martin Luther King was middle class? hmm. It's funny that he was middle class, but he didn't see this ter- in terms of class. He saw this as a black and white struggle. Might I remind you of that? Might I remind you of that? that this is not about class, this is about color. Look at Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, many of you torched him when he kneeled, that this was disrespectful. Many of you torched him because you're siding with your oppressors. You're trying to say that my skin isn't black, even though it's as black as mine is. You're trying to say, I'm not black. And I don't side with those people. I am the good black. Stop the Uncle Tom foolery and get on the bandwagon because this is about all of us. And the problem is when they pull you over, they don't distinguish or differentiate. You're still just a black person. And if it is the wrong night and the wrong time of day, they haul you out of the car, put stuff in your trunk and say you had drugs on you to give them the power to lock you up. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Last night in downtown Detroit, journalists were arrested, were arrested by the police. Journalists were pelted with rocks and rubber bullets by the police. It's a breakdown of law and order. And if that that white man, if that white man in Minneapolis did not think he had the power and did not think that he wouldn't be backed up by a racist system, and had he not placed his knee on the neck of, uh, on the neck of George Floyd, we wouldn't be here today. But, but let's talk about this for a minute. This is June 2020. We had Ahmed Arbery, a story that was suppressed for two months. We didn't learn until April, but it happened in February in Georgia. We learned of Breonna Taylor who was shot seven times in her bed while she was asleep. An EMT shot seven times in her bed in Nashville, not until May. And that's just the beginning of the year. And there are countless others whose stories we have not heard of, but we know they exist because the profiling and the constant profiling of races against black people continue unabated despite COVID-19. Let's talk about, look at COVID 19. COVID 19 is a virus that has, it has no discrimination, it's so discriminatory in its application. It's unbelievable. It's why I haven't gone out to protest because I don't know if they're not spraying the air because I, for the life of I me, mean, more Black people are getting this virus that I'm beginning to wonder if it is not part of a general, a better, a greater genocide plan. Even when you consider and you factor in the inequities in healthcare, I still believe there is something about COVID-19 that just seems to discriminate against people of color. Black and brown people just seem to get it. And they blame it on the fact that black and brown people have not been subjected to good health care over generations. I don't think that that's true. That is a statistical fact, but I don't believe that that is why they're getting COVID-19. I believe, I don't know. I think they're spraying the air, so I'm not going out there because I think they're spraying it. I think it's out there in the atmosphere, and if you go out there and mingle too much, you're likely to get it. People are marching for their rights. These are civil rights, rights that other people take for granted, rights that other people can get in line, can drive, and free to move around the country. Some of them have records this long, but they don't get profiled and pulled it. People are driving without driver's licenses. They never get pulled over. People are driving with expired tax. They never get pulled over. They're just swept on and passed by. And yet black people more and more are indiscriminately profiled. And yet we have the black celebrity class who don't want to do anything. Why? Because it bothers you? Because you think that your associations and your businesses will suffer if you stand up did you not get rich? Do you not have enough money to sue for breach of contract? So let me ask you this. So if you're an actor or you're an actress and you have some contract with some acting place, some, some movie studio, and you put out on your Facebook or Instagram that Black Lives Matter, and then they decide to withdraw your contract, can't you sue them for breach of contract because what you have a team of lawyers for You're so afraid. So so look at you. You are different from the black person in the hood. Because you're living in your mansions, but you're still afraid to drive out into your neighborhood because your white neighbors might call the cops on you if you make too much noise. Don't tell your relatives to come over. They might get a fight the neighborhood. Don't tell your relatives to come and play their music because too many black people assembling with the suspicious and afraid, the white neighbors suspicious and afraid. So you are living in a prison. You don't want to say anything because you have a contract as an anchor, and if you say anything, it might cancel your contract. Sue them for breach of contract. We will all back you up. You don't want to say anything because I am CEO of a hospital or I'm CEO of this company, and I lead white people. And if I say anything, and they sue them for breach of contract, sue them on the grounds of discrimination. Why are you so afraid? But you postulate and pontificate as if you've crossed over. you made it. You haven't made it. You're still living in a prison, and the prison is one made up of black and white, the color of your skin. Your prison is black and white. It's still the color of your skin that determines how far you will go. If you have to uh, report to a board of directors and they sanction you than they agree with you. You're in a prison. You're just there as a figurehead. And some of you are like, well, I'll take the figurehead because it gives me millions. You are still in a prison because you're afraid to speak up. And if you're afraid to speak up, you are imprisoned by the roles that you play and by the money that you make. Use that money for good. Get and write a check to organizations and to lawyers. Find lawyers in a state and defend these folks who are they don't have jobs 40 million people are without jobs Of that 40 million Disproportionately most of those people Are black and brown I don't understand Why Hispanics aren't marching Maybe they're too afraid Maybe they too are afraid Or maybe they think this is not their march Fine, stay on the fringes Just don't come back and say Civil rights matter later on I don't want to start saying Brown lives matter If you ain't in this fight with us You ain't with us at all I'm taking note who is in this fight because this has got to stop. I saw, there is a, there is a, a, a film on uh, a documentary on Netflix, y'all need to watch. It's called Trial by Media. I was reawakened to the plight of a black man, Amadou Diallo, who was shot 41 times in 1998 and 1999 in New York City by four police officers. I didn't even know that four police guns could carry 41 shots. 41 shots were fired. He was still standing after receiving 19 of those shots till his body collapsed. Even when he went down, they were still firing. 41 times. Those four police officers were acquitted because the prosecutor structured the case in a way that made Amadou Diallo look like a criminal. Are in positions where you are prosecutors. What are you doing about black people who appear before you? Are you siding with the police officers who bring the case? Are you siding with the white judges and putting away black people when they could have been rehabilitated? Have you thought to look at the fact that white people are in the position they're in is because of poverty? The problem is poverty caused by a systemic, endemic, institutionalized, racist economic system. That is what is the poverty. That is what caused poverty. That is the oppression. And just because they have placed you in a position so that they think they can maintain the peace, so they're using you, and you're smiling with it. But you want, but we lift you up because we want oppression, we want representation in spaces that we traditionally don't occupy, and we think that if you are there, you would make a difference. But you don't. You get paid. By the politicians to tell people to shut up, like that man on my Facebook page, who said that these are the reasons that you should not lo- you should not riot. These are the reasons you should not march. And here are the solutions. The solution is a credit score. Go sit yourself down, sit yourself down. Since when has that helped anybody? My daughter graduated law school and went to work for a law firm, Sinclair Shores. And after three months, they racially discriminated against her and told her she was belligerent because she spoke up. Because the man passed this place with her and said something inappropriate. When she spoke up, she was told she's belligerent. That's racism. He better watch out. A racist law firm in Santa Shores, Michigan. I kid you not, these things happen. Then afterwards, we found out that they don't subscribe to the federal requirement of hiring black people. They don't have to. Under Donald Trump, under this current administration, many people just those kind of federal requirements, federal law, they just fly in the face. They don't have to. And who is going to enforce it? Not by a system and an administration that sees it differently. If you're going to sanction far less, you're sanction far right. You can't just, it has to be balanced. That's what leading is about. And when you're leading a nation made up of people with a history like ours, it has to be balanced. My God in heaven, you think I'm not worried about what's going to happen where this is leading? They're planning another protest for today in downtown Detroit. The police are riled up. They're probably tired because they've been working probably 24 hours since Friday. Nerves are shot or whatever. And the the police the people are fed up. They have to file unemployment claims that robs people of their dignity. Unemployed, working service jobs. Do you know that most of the people who are considered essential workers are black? Maybe that was an attempt by white society to make people feel like they're contributing to something because they work low minimum wage jobs. Because that's all the jobs they have access to. You'd be surprised how many people have a two-year degree and a four-year degree who are earning $10 to $15 an hour. And not a job that gives them 40 hours per week so they can go get out a mortgage. 20 hours, maybe 25, maybe 30, maybe 35. They barely give them 30 because at that point, all says they'd have to pay the benefits. Did you know that a lot of people right now graduate college and work of them within three months they're fired because if they work consistently for 90 days, at more than 30 hours per week, the losses have to pay benefits, they fire people. These are people who graduated college with college degrees. A lot of these people have to go back home and live with their parents and grandparents because they can't pay rent and they can't start a mortgage. And you, the black celebrity class, sit back with your cigar, fake living, on borrowed time, in your black skin, acting as if you're better than others. I hate to burst your bubble this morning, but you are not. You're just as black as the rest of subject to the same condition. When I moved to Detroit, I came from upper middle class Orlando, Florida. I thought I was it. I thought that nothing would happen to me because this is me. And then I found out that I was subject to systemic, institutionalized racism, just like the rest of us. It changed me. It changed my perspective. I was accustomed to living in a certain way. Then I found out they don't care about that. It comes down to the color of my skin. Maybe I thought that living in a certain neighborhood prevented me from certain things. There were certain benefits, like insurance rates were more affordable. But I still got profiled. My husband got profiled pulling going home at night. What are you doing in this neighborhood, pulling out his driver's licenses? I own a house around the corner. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? That's racism. Well, what kind of work do you do? Excuse me? I'm about to call my lawyer. Do you see what I'm saying? Racism. I went into a hospital to give birth to a child. And they told him he couldn't come in because of racism. They looked at his color. He was paying for the birth. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Are you kidding me here? Racism. My address dictated where I lived. So if, if they were going to protect me, then my address should have told them that people who live in that neighborhood can't afford to. No, they didn't care about that. They cared about the money. Some of you, by the way, let me just help you. Some of you, by the way, are living in your communities. Have you ever asked your white neighbor how much they pay for mortgage? Because that happened to me while I was living in those communities. I asked my neighbor how much they were paying for mortgage and found out I was paying $250 more than they were paying. I had more money than they did. My income was higher than theirs, but they were paying less, and they carried more debt than I did. Oh, I addressed that. I called the mortgage company and I used them all, you'd be surprised how they redacted that quick, fast, and in a hurry. I was trying to buy a house in a neighborhood in another neighborhood and found out that how they treated black and brown people were they made everybody pay down on the mortgage, pay down on the house in Florida. Seriously? I ended up getting a bigger house when I complained. I threatened that I would call the the news media on them. I ended up getting a bigger house in a gated community for way less than everybody else was saying, don't play with me. Don't be afraid of your blackness. And I know you're sitting there and saying, well, this is then because stop being your fake selves and stop copying the antics of white people. They're laughing at you because you're trying so hard to be white. You know, this is, this is it, it's even in the way we raise our children. You, you are black as, as I am, and you send your kids to white schools, and you forget that your kids are black too. And they come home, all their friends are white. And you're sitting there, and you don't see something wrong with that. And your kids tell you, well, I only date white people. They're, you have confused them. It's an identity problem. Because nobody... White folks are not going to forget that the color of their skin is black. And when they apply for a job, the color of their skin is going to dictate how they are processed. And that is the truth. So stop saying, well, I move in certain spaces and I, I, I have access to certain spaces. Shut up. The truth is, it's racist as black and as white. You don't believe it? Look at the eye. Uh, what's his name? The Secretary of Housing. He's a doctor. What's he doing as Secretary of Housing? The man is a doctor. He's a neurosurgeon. Why didn't he complain about that? What is he doing in housing when he should have been at the National Institute of Health, be in charge of the CDC? Instead, what's his name? The, 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 the guy, Ben Carson, placed at, the, at, at housing when he's a neurosurgeon. They're going to offer me a job? And you're going to place me in an area where I have no expertise. It's like you're hiding me. Uh Uh-uh. Thank you, but no thank you. Keep it moving. No, I can't breathe. That should be what you're saying. Because it comes right down to it. There's racism at every level, and it is evidenced by Ben Carson. They gave him housing and told him to go overhaul the protections that poor people have. And poor people are largely black. Why? Because if you put a black man in charge of the dirty work, doing the dirty work, then they don't look so bad after all. Do you see what I'm saying? And he took it. I rode with it. And then had the nurse to come to Detroit and present those sections. People stormed him. People were like, oh, no, bro. Don't come here with that. I haven't heard one mega church preacher stand up and speak out on this. I haven't heard them say that this is wrong and this is why. The problem is racism. I heard the NWACP leader here in Detroit, uh, Dr. Wendell Anthony, Reverend Anthony, say that something is wrong with the system. He did say people should not loot, and that's what we're saying. Don't loot. Don't, don't do that. March. Speak up. Get your signs up. But then when you're done with that, not just go out and register to vote, but agitate Make sure every representative knows that this is your problem. Tell them, go on their Facebook pages and tell them this is your problem. Let every everybody has a Facebook page. Go on there and tell them. He did say that. Don't looting black communities, black businesses, because you're tearing them down because inevitably they have to start over. Did you know that they sell on the Sharp Act? Under the recent re, uh, re, uh, re-stimulus package, under the stimulus package, did you know that black and brown black business leaders had a harder time accessing loans? And multinational corporations got into to $10 million in loans that they really don't need. And black businesses who desperately need money could not access it because of tariffs and because of impositions that they just simply can't do. I do have some black dude on Facebook talking about, uh, go raise your credit score so you can start a business. Go sit yourself down. Yes, go sit yourself down. I will not dignify you by mentioning your name, but you know who you are. You're on my Facebook page. It's just the craziest thing I have ever heard. We have got to do better. Now, what comes out of all this? Frankly, I don't know. I hope it leads to a peaceful resolution where we can sit across the board and politicians will say, we're going to make sure that the first, we're going to start with the four police officers that they're charged for first degree murder. That's the first thing. The four police officers need to be charged for first degree murder. That's one. Number two, we need to sit down and say, black men, whether they are criminals or not, ought not to be treated with indignity. If you didn't treat Dylan Roof, who had shot many people in a church, with dignity, if you, t- if you treated him with dignity, then a black man who robbed a bank, or a black man who was, uh, had a $20 counterfeit, $20 bill, should not have been killed for $20. And I, it makes me wonder, what was the name of the business that reported this? Who owned that business? Who who called the police on a man presenting a twenty dollar counterfeit bill? You ever run a business anywhere? How many of us have run businesses and come across counterfeit bills all the time? People present bills. Sometimes you, you get you don't even know what's what's them. If I don't if I go to the, an ATM and I get it, I'm not going to examine every guess. They're counterfeit bills in circulation all the time. They slip through. So how do you call the police on a man with a $20 counterfeit bill? I want to know which business that was, because they're as much guilty for, for, for what happened to George Floyd as the four police officers are. Who it was that called the police on last Monday afternoon, is they are just as guilty. We've got to do better. We, we need to do more than better. There are laws, yes, but the laws are not being enforced. The system has to be overhauled and changed. Pe- black people, black kids who n- live in school districts where there are budgets right away here in Detroit when the pandemic started, the first thing the leaders were worried about is how are we going to feed children who have to come to school to eat because they have no protection? The second thing was, okay, so we're going to revert to online instruction. But some of these kids don't have internet at home. And they don't have laptops learn. In most school districts or in affluent neighborhoods, the kids are given a laptop to take home. Why is there such a disparity? That's what you black celebrities need to address, the disparities, but you're afraid. This is you. You are circuit court judges. You are judges. You're living with your privilege and you are nervous about speaking up. You are nervous about what it will take. You are nervous that if I speak of, I could lose, what, what privilege do you have? Let me ask you that one more time. Because a poor white person has more privilege than a rich black person does. The poor white person is less likely to be profiled in a store. The poor white person is less likely to be pulled over. They have a privilege that no matter how many millions are behind your name, you're still subject to the law of the You're still subject to being pulled over and profiled just by the color of your skin. I walk into stores, and I get more, ma'am, can I help you? Can I look? It took me a while to understand they weren't being courteous. They were following me around. Maybe they think that I look like someone who takes something. By the time I realized that, I was like, don't start with me. If I need your help, I'll let you know. I kid you not. It took me a while. People had to say, well, that's what they're doing. They're profiling. Meanwhile, my daughter worked at Victoria's Secret. More white girls came in and stole bra and panties out of the panty drawer. And the management's attitude was nothing. But a black girl came in and stole something they called Novi police on them. I cannot. Have you never been at a mall and seen black people marched out for stealing? And you're sitting there thinking white people don't steal? And that don't report on one another. So for all you black celebrities out there who think that your money is what protects you, think again. You're driving down the street in your Corvette. Speed up and see how soon you will see those lights come behind you. Look at you all. Many of you have talent and gifts, but you're not getting $20 million per picture. But your white counterpart, who is less talented, is getting $20 million per picture. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harry Do you see what I'm saying? And so I have to ask. So what gives? What gives? My friends, it's time out for us to stop. We have got to start looking at ways in which we can do better. Because this is not working for us. It's not working at all and at some point we have to look at the fact that what has gone wrong well a lot has gone wrong a lot has gone wrong this cannot continue how are we going to justify what are we handing over to the next generation you have children i have children what's the legacy that we are handing over dr king marched didn't he several times has anything changed Has anything changed? Why are we 60 years after still marching and fighting for the same rights? Why? Nothing has changed. People were hosed down during civil rights marches, tear gas today. People were given dogs. Today, they launch a police vehicle as a projectile into crowds. Shot with rubber bullets That is just a bullet encased in rubber So it still has the same deadliest Deadly effect And they can kneel On your neck Colin Kaepernick took a knee And knelt Against injustice and brutality And he was fired So people say Well you know some upper middle class Black people and rich black people say Well you should just do this uh, quietly Colin Kaepernick did, and he got fired. You won't even speak up in your boardrooms. When Massa says anything to you, you say yes and nod your head and cooperate. Because you're terrified that they look at you through the veil of the color of your skin. You won't even show up at a march because you're terrified your cell phone data would be there and your company learns of it and fires you. If you live in such terror, then you recognize at some level that you are subject to the same system of oppression that the rest of us are subject to. When you go to the doctor, they treat you with scorn and indignity, just like the rest of us. They profile you. No matter how healthy you are, I jog, I run, I shouldn't have this. But then they still come back and say you have heart disease just because of your ethnicity. When you go to the doctor, they still treat you. With rampant disregard, you go to the bank, they still look at you as a black man, but yet your bank account has more millions than the people standing in line, because it all comes down to the color, the skin color. Look at it this way, Arabs from the Middle East, who are disparaged against by whites when they're visiting those countries, when they come to America because their skin is whiter than yours and mine, they're not treated with indignity as we are. Imagine that. Because when it comes down to it, prejudice is about being black and white. And we've got to come to the place where we recognize that this has to stop. We've got to come to the place where this is not enough. Where it's not just that I don't like this and it makes me uncomfortable. It's that this has got to fundamentally change. I want to feel that when I drive out of here and when I get into my car, and I drive, that I never have to worry about being profiled and pulled over, that when I walk into a store, I'm going to be treated with the dignity of being a human being. And if I apply for a job, then I am going to be judged not on the color of my skin, but on the merits of my resume. If I apply for an educational grant, I am going to be treated with the dignity deserving of the 400 years my ancestors worked in in cotton fields in the South and were beaten and raped. And that if I choose to show up, whatever state I wear my hair in should not be a political fact. I should not be disparaged against because of how I wear my hair, of how I wear my makeup, of how I dress, because it is me. I am a human being first. And middle class blacks need to get to that point where you assert these things. You're in spaces. According to you, you have access. And your access tells you that you are privileged. That's what you say. No, your color at the end of the day is what matters. And you need to step up. So you don't want to march because you think you have, well, you know, I I have a lot to lose. I have a lot. I have a contract pending with this. I have a contract with that. No, what you're really afraid of, you're afraid of the power that you are denied in recognizing that you're black. Because if you recognize that you are black and accept that you're black, you will realize that you're subject to the same color. I, I know a man who told me that once. He said, those things don't happen to me because I'm, I, I have money. And I laughed at him. I said, you're going to find out pretty soon when they pull you over how much your money doesn't matter. It's the color of your skin that matters. He said, well, I send my kids to private school so they can have access to better opportunities. I said, from who? At the end of the day, the color of their skin is going to determine what opportunities they have. You see how he thinks? He's trying to make himself better, but he's trying to make himself better being validated by what white standards are. And he missed the point that at the end of the day, his kids and my kids and his color and my color is what determines what opportunities that are, we are given access to. It's not our talent. It's not our gifts. It's not our intelligence. It's none of those things. It's the color of the skin that matters. And there he was thinking he had made it. You should have heard him. He pontificated. He sent his kids to private school. Owned my own business. And I'm like, yada da da yada da I had a greater realization of what it took and what it meant to be black than he did. And this is somebody who was born in Detroit, grew up in Detroit. But at some point, he wanted to forget that he's black. He even dates white women. And I'm like, you do realize that they take your money and take it to their, to bo- to their boyfriends and their families and laugh at the nigger who is still working for them. I kid you not. I told him. I said, they're laughing at you. I'm calling you a Negro. He couldn't see that. Because we're all in the same boat. And you don't, many of us don't. It's hard. I know it's hard, baby. I know it's hard because you're thinking, I went and got my nose straightened. I went and lightened my skin. I went and got three degrees from Harvard. I went and got degrees from every place. I I validated. You validated according to their standards. And you found out at the end of the day, you're still black. So now what? What do you do? You find yourself as the attorney general, like Keith Ellison, who is the attorney general for, for Minnesota. You find yourself in that position. What do you do? Are you going to sway to the white oppression under their pressure that Don't try me and make me look so bad because I can remove you from your position. Or are you going to do what is right and make sure that those four white police officers are charged with first degree murder? And say to yourself, comes what may, at the end of the day, I'm going to be true to my color and to what my ancestors had to go through. Is that what you're gonna do? So you are the prosecutor for a county and the county is predominantly black. And all these black cases come before you. Are you going to give in to your conscience or are you going to continue to fulfill the narrative that black people are largely criminals? You're the medical director. Are you going to make sure that there are healthcare opportunities for blacks or are you going to fulfill the narrative that black people eat poorly? That's why they're sick all the time because that is a fault. That is the narrative. Do they have access to fresh foods? Do they have access to fresh vegetables? Are they largely living in areas that are food deserts? Because of endemic, institutionalized, systemic racism. And when you get together, say to one another, you laugh, and you say, oh, look how far we have come. Our parents and grandparents never got to do this. Here we are at the country club. You go to the country club, but they are mostly uh, associating with other Blacks. And here I am, I can shop, I can buy Gucci, I can buy Coach, I can buy this, I can buy that. You're really going to support people who do not support Black culture? Are you really going to do that? And, oh, look at me, I can afford to take trips around the world, and I can do this, and I can do that. Yeah, and you still treat it like you're a Black girl when you go overseas, because they're following what their racist mentors see them do, and they're just following it. That's the truth. So now I want you all to go online and look for organizations that are helping to free black protesters. I want you to go online and start agitating for change using your platforms. Yeah, you have some money. Start using it. You're protected by your money. That's you. That's your perception of yourself. Well, go use it for some good. And help those who are helping themselves. You're the human resources manager in an organization, but you don't hire black people because you feel that if you hire more black people, they're going to put you out of the position. And your fear is large or true, but you look at your mortgage and you want to live, so you do what they say. And you hire white people to suit them who can't do the job. And you let black people who are talented go all the time. Happens over and over you're the admissions person in a college and you don't admit black people who have who are marginalized they have marginal scores and marginal uh test scores but you don't admit them because you know that the white people who supervise you don't want a lot of black people blacks in here we don't want that kind in here You consider yourselves wealthy and you do, yet you do nothing. And you sit in your enclaves, And you all socialize within the same social circle amongst yourselves. Do you really integrate seriously? No, you don't. You socialize with other black people like yourself. You have the Jack and Jills, Yeah? Those are your organizations. And you say, well, these are the organizations that we subscribe to. You're still black at the end of the day. And you know it. So you might as well act on it. And you might as well join the rest of us. And you might as well fight. You might as well stand up to oppression, racial oppression. You might as well stand up and say, stop police killings of unarmed black people. You might as well stand up and say, Breonna Taylor has a name. She should not be dead. She should, her name will not be forgotten. George Floyd has a name. He called out for his dead mother. Shortly before he died, let that rest on all of us. I can't imagine if it were me, my son was laid out like that, or oh, my daughter, and she's calling out for me. I can't imagine. Join us in the fight to end racism and systemic racial oppression. My name is Harry Kemick. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Go to my website. HarrietChemek.com. Get my book, Through the Fire, available on Amazon.com and BarnesNoble.com as we help victims of human and sex trafficking, particularly child sex trafficking victims. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed.